0: Time for the seventeenth of Adar and The first story: the Mittler Rebbe married someone from the city of Yanovich. and the story of how he got married has to do with uh, Chassid coming to the Altar Rebbe, one of the Altar Rebbe's followers, and complaining they had a lot of daughters and he was struggling to to imagine how he would be able to marry them off. And the Altar Rebbe told him, "I'll give you one of my I'll give you one of my sons." It was the Mittler Rebbe, his successor. And then it'll be very easy from then on. You know, people want to marry into his family. And that's exactly what happens. Um, but he's, the Mittler Rebbe's wife was a very special woman. And the, the, he would go to visit his father-in-law in the city of Yanovich. And one time he came there and he met up with a lot of other chassidim um, of his father. And he was speaking with them and chatting with him. And one of the people that he spoke with, he was telling him, um, giving him um, guidance to become better. And, but the man felt that the Mitla was talking to him, you know, as if the Mitla was much better than which was in fact the case, but still he, he felt, you know, talked down to. So he, he told the Mittler like this. He said, when your father brought you into this world, the thoughts your, fa- your father had, and the location where your father pulled your Nishama from, your soul from, were incredibly high locations. And then he raised you like the Alter Rebbe does. And he gave you an education in the, in the highest standard. And he said, "I, on the other hand, when I was born, who knows what thoughts my father had? And he, he raised me like a wild goat, and I didn't get the type of, of education and guidance like, like, um, like you got. And then every single morning, I'd go from village um, villages, village, but um, peasant to peasant, collecting debts. And these people, they don't want to talk to you until you've had a cup of l'chaim with them. And their wife will ruin the whole deal if you don't give her a cup of l'chaim too. And then you finally get the money and you move on to the next person. And I go from person to person. And finally, I go to mikv and I daven. You could imagine what type of davening that I have. And this this man in the story, it's written, this man wasn't a regular man, was actually a really great man. But he, you know, he talked, he was very humble. But the point was the words he said had a very deep impact on the Mitla Rebbe. And he came back to Liashna to talk to his father. And a while later, when this chassid came to visit the Altar Rebbe, the Altar Rebbe says, thank you that you made a, a chassid out of my barrel, out of my, out of my son, the Mittler Rebbe. It's a beautiful story. It shows a lot of perspective. The chapter 30 is, is about, is a, re, a reassessment of how to get rid of Tim symptom 11 is desensitivity. A person isn't feeling excited or or um, desensitized. So let's call it it that. He's unable to be joyful. And because he's unable to be joyful, the first 25 chapters of the Tanya aren't able to be in action. A person can only be successful at the 25 chapters of Tanya if they're joyful. And this symptom 11 is like an illness. It desensitizes the person from feeling anything. It's this Blockage over the heart that just makes his brain and heart not connecting with excitement and, and serving God with joy. So, the question is, how do you deal with it? Chapter 20, 29 had a whole one whole direction. Chapter 30 says, if you make yourself humble, if you're humble in front of every person, literally, the Altrava believes that when the mission says to be humble in front of every person, it means you literally need to make yourself humble in front, of, in front of every person. The question is, how do you do it? And Altar says, you need to believe that the place is what caused them to sin. And if they wouldn't be in that particular location or they wouldn't have the wild animalistic soul that they have, then they wouldn't sin. And in that case, they're better than you because you're, you're not in their place and you don't have their wild temptations. And therefore, what excuse do you have to not be as to not be a better version of yourself? And that's what says, you utilize this tool, just imagining everyone better than them and saying it's just the circumstances causing them to be who they are, to do, to be less, let's call it, than you. In that case, what excuse do you have? It, the story matches up perfectly with today's with today's Tanya, or well, the theme. Now, the Alta was going to say, and today's Tanya is just—it's a, a little note. It's just Alter was saying, wait a second—you might be reading the Tanya and say, wait a second, I can relate to this very much. I have a wild yet to hire, and I've been in the locations that's caused me to sin. There you go—I'm off the hook. I can do whatever I want now because, hey, the Alter ever said yesterday. Don't judge another person because you don't know his animalistic so on. You don't know where he's hanging out, and therefore, he's a clean slate. Says Alter, "Slow down." That's for you looking at another person, but you looking for yourself, you don't get to use those types of excuses. Let's just say it's tiny, it's tiny. If you have a person who's very fiery, it gets really excited, his animalistic soul sees something and his heart desires straight away. And also he's, he's hanging out the marketplace. He's hanging around where temptations lying all around. It doesn't give him an excuse. For instance, guy said, "Well, hey, I, I'm, you know, this is where I'm hanging out, and look at my animalistic soul; it goes crazy." No, that's for someone else. But for yourself, no. When he does something wrong, he's called an uh, absolute Russia because he isn't, doesn't have fear of God in front of his eyes. He should stop himself. Yes, he has excuses. He has a wild animalistic soul, and he's in a situation where it's very uh, so much temptation. But he needs to control himself. The thought, speech, and action has to be in his control. And if he if it isn't. He's a wicked person. He has a job to control the desires. Controlling what desires come to his heart and mind, that he can't control. He's a benani at best. But his behavior, he needs to behave. He needs to say, God is watching what I'm doing. I need to fear God. I'm going to control myself. And yes, I have wild temptations. The manualistic soul is going absolutely crazy. But I need to be in charge. Like we've said. So because a person naturally has his ha- brain controlling his heart. So, yes, his heart might be going crazy and saying, I want to do this, I want to do that. The person still needs to say, I have a brain, and my brain tells me this is not the right thing to do. I need to fear God, God's watching me. I need to do what's in accordance with halacha, and therefore that's it. He needs to close down the shop. But that's in regards to himself. Going back to yesterday's um, Tanya, uh, in regards to someone else, a person needs to be as generous and as gentle in his assessment of him as possible. He's saying, you know what, I don't know what type of animalistic soul he has. He's probably way worse and way more controlled than mine. Even though mine's crazy, his is probably 10 times worse. And the situations where he's in probably just amplify that make it so much harder for him. Yes, I'm in those situations, but I'm not being controlled by such a wild animalistic soul. Thank you so much for joining the Tiny Tiny and List of Snubby.